But as more people join in, if you are in South Africa, if you are visiting from Paris, bonjour. And if you are from Canada, hello. How are you doing? Are you well? Um, I'm so excited to be here, guys. I am so, so excited. And the guests that we have lined up is too much. <laughs> It's a lot. Uh, for those who are tuning in for the very first time, my name is Alma Acob, aka A Voice to Be Reckoned With, and this is episode two of a series that I like to call I Know, You Know, We Know. Basically, a series that is assisting all of us because if I have knowledge and I tell you, and now you have knowledge, we all have knowledge, and knowledge is power, so it is important that we share it with each other. So our guest has joined the live and I know that you didn't tune in to see my face. So I am going to invite her to come on and we're going to use our social media claps, our social media hearts and give her some like South African, West African, Canadian love and all things wonderful. Now I need to figure out how to add people. Bear with. <laughs> so without further ado, <laughs> hopefully now that we are live and um, the connection is great, for everyone who's listening, we have got a model. She is a TV presenter. She is a motivational speaker. She is an author. She is a CEO. And her CV just keeps going. This is Nini Amerlees. We are so excited to have you here in South Africa. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> virtual round of applause and everything. So let's get straight into it. Now, the first question that everyone was really interested about was the fact that you are a supermodel and you started off being homeless and people want to know how that happened and how you found yourself where you are right now. Well, so the homeless story, it wasn't always homelessness. There was parts and sections where it took place. Mm -hmm. For instance, when I was the age of um, seven years old, um, it lasted for an approximation of four months. Um, what to, what exactly happened was when I was going to school, there was a house fire that took place, and I was living in a condo with my mom or an apartment with my mother and my uh, four other siblings. My baby brother was just born, and um, from there, once they were just born. When he was just born, it was rather he was rather new. He was in the apartment while the fire was going on. He was like roughly, say, three, four months, mm. and we had to be evacuated right away. My mom actually attempted to save us, so she broke the little area that had like the hydrants and started to help the fire so she could take whatever she could. Mm -hmm. And then we called the they well they kind of called the fire department. I was in school still. I got abruptly took it out of school I didn't even know what was going on they said pack your stuff my sister came and said pack your stuff let's go I'm like okay let's go all right let me get my shoes let's get my this I didn't even know that we were that was my last day at school altogether mm. mind you it took me almost seven years or not even seven years sorry five years five to four years to finally get acquainted in the school um, with my classmates because I was bullied. I was always called different. I was the girl that was just super awkward mm -hmm. and um, awkward to them because I was a creative or introvert. I didn't quite speak with my classroom peers because I loved just harvesting my talents, drawing, drawing away, doodling while, you know, other class classmates are trying to communicate with me. So I just had that issue of communication mm -hmm. very to myself. But that, that homelessness was something that I didn't realize until later on in life. I had a good time. 
um, because I was connected with my family. And it's strange sometimes when you think about it and you're just like, wait, so were we really homeless? But yes, we were. We didn't have a place to live. Um, maybe a week in, an older lady said that we can come in and sleep on her, her living room floor. So we were on her living room floor for roughly four to five months. And mm. I was out of school. I, I got um, taken out of grade three. I don't know if it's the same system or same yeah. classification in, mm-hmm. in South Africa, but grade three, I was removed. And so from April onward, so when I went to go enroll in grade four in September, there was a bit of an issue because they were saying you miss so much school, this and this and that. But my mom was very hard headed and she said, no, my daughter is going to start grade four. There's no, she never missed anything. She is at the adequate level. It's fine. Mm. So yeah, moving forward, that took place. But throughout my career, I've had different encounters with homelessness while I was in California, um, while I was in South Africa temporarily. And yeah. Okay, and you mentioned being bullied, um, being an introvert, and I know that there's a lot of people listening, and there's a lot of people who will listen who can identify with that, and trying to find your identity in a world that has almost defined what you should be, you know, and as soon as you're different to that, you're labeled as awkward, or you don't fit in, so how did you manage to find your identity, to find your confidence, and to just be you unapologetically? Um, so it was never an overnight transition. Never just walked in, walk, woke up one day and said, yes, I am bold. <laughs> I'm confident. No, no, no. It did not happen at all. Yeah. It was a day-by-day process. Um, my first entry of that transition towards confidence was the year 2014. Mm-hmm. And 2014 was when I saw a casting call online. From seeing the casting call online, it was for the face of African Fashion Week. And here in Canada, African Fashion Week is one of the biggest organizations, not only in the African diaspora or the African representation, but Mm -hmm. in the accumulation of fashion overall. Mm. It's maybe top two or or almost first ranking here in Canada. And um, when I saw it, I was like, okay, what's this? They're looking for black models. You know, I'm black, I'm African, I have Caribbean. Okay, cool. Let me try it out. Initially, I did not want to apply because mm-hmm. I never saw myself as beautiful, never heard it in the household, never experienced it in school. Mm-hmm. You know, I was always layered up with so much cosmetics and bombarded my face, clogging up my pores, never actually expressing the true essence of my canvas. Mm-hmm. Um, so applying was like, should I do it? Should I not? But I felt a guiding and a prompting to do so. It wasn't my my own senses it was just I was led to it Mm -hmm. and as I applied within one week I got a response saying we'd love for you to compete and I'm like you would love for me to compete me so basically I submitted one of my photos because we were asking for some sort of work that you've done in the past I didn't have any portfolio at the time and I did one photo shoot with a friend who had a, a weave company and I remember the photographer raving about how well I, I, I did the work, but I was like, I don't know what you're talking about, but sure. I love the photos, but I, so I used it. So I'm thinking, okay, this is industry standards. I'm sure that they, they might like it. So when, they were, when African Fashion Week responded, it was their first annual year for the search. The search was, began in 2014. African Fashion Week, I believe, started in like 2014. 20- 
2010, 2011, somewhere mm-hmm. around there. I hope they don't get mad if I don't have <laughs> the exact credential or time frame. But I remember just hearing them say, we love for you to compete. Mm. That, that, that almost made me break down in tears almost instantly because to me, how I processed that was that they thought I had potential and they, they thought that I was beautiful. Mm. So I was like, what? Me? Of mm. all people? Are mm. you sure? I remember doing the video part, the video submission, and I've always had an issue with public speaking or just communicating in front of my class. Teachers would wrestle with me, trying to get me to go in front of the class, and I would just not do it. I would rather take a failing mark. And I was just so surprised. I'm like, what did they see in me? Mm. I went to the competition. I did not place at all. But what I gained was a man that actually walked up to me after and said, you have a lot more inside of you. Mm. Show a little bit of sass. Mm. Give a little bit of your flavor. I know you have it inside of you. Show it. And I'm like, okay. Um, I was digesting it. I'm like, okay, okay. Um, let's do this. I want, I want to learn. How do I come out of this place that Probably. I'm in? I want, I want yeah. to grow. And that's where my curiosity began to span. Or sprouts. I got, began to research how to do modeling. How to... Um, Get a portfolio. What does it take to be a successful model? And I remember actually asking the agency of, I'm sorry, not the agency, that African Fashion Week, the face of African Fashion Week, if I could still um, partake in their, their, their main fashion week. I sent over 30 to 40 emails. They disregarded it. They'd be like, oh yeah, we'll get back to you, we'll get back to you. Mm. The event came and went. I'm like, is there any way? Nobody responded. So what I said, I'm like, by this time, next year. Come on. They're going to choose me. Mm. And not only choose me, I will do many of the shows and I'll be remembered. Yes. Mind you, I was going through a transition period. I was still finding who Nini was. My identity, my mm. purpose. This is 2014 summer now. The Fashion Week search or the African Fashion Week um, face event took place in April of 2014. By the summer, I'm now looking for fashion shows that I can enroll in. You know, I'm, I signed up to almost every volunteer fashion show possible, every fashion show possible, even though I'm not getting paid. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what? I want to build. My, I want to build. I want to be able to be exposed. I want to learn. How do I come out of my shell? I'm too shy. Come out, girl, come out. <laughs> so I was determined. I was very determined. I've come across agencies that scan me. $1,000, I don't know how that's converted into czar. A czar, maybe 10000 or more. More. Now it's and about eighteen to 20000 mm-hmm. Continue. <laughs> yes. 18000 rands sure. out of my own pocket. Wow. Out of school. Okay. I'm studying to, 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 to be a graphic artist at this time. And I'm like, okay, should I use my OSAT money? OSAT money is um, is uh, assistance. If you mm-hmm. can't fully pay for your own stuff, you can borrow money and then you have to pay it back. Mm-hmm. So I, t- I used that borrow money to put towards modeling. I got scammed. The agency told me a lie. They said, oh yeah, you have it all. They, that may be true. I may have it all. <laughs> but they, they, they lied to me. Yeah. They used that to bait me in. 
years later, I discovered that they were racist. They said they don't work with blacks. They don't put blacks on the, in the front. They don't put Ooh. blacks into casting call. I sat under roster for one year, not even one singular casting call. I would have friends that got castings, but me, no. They're like, no. They never told me why. I found out later from a secretary, but that didn't stop me. I kept pushing. I started to look and say, how do I build my portfolio? I don't have a lot of money. I wasted my money into that investment into the agency. I could have used that money to actually build my portfolio, but God's like, he had another plan. Mind you, I grew up as an atheist. I didn't have any belief system, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. I didn't have no faith in nothing. I just saw that I existed. That wasn't, even though I was very insecure, that was a prideful mindset. Was prideful mm-hmm. and very self-centered. Mm-hmm. So growing up, thinking like, oh yeah, basically, still battling who is Nini? Who is Nini? Mind you, I don't know if I mentioned, but the, the bullying took place so much that I did not know where to fit in. So I began to drink. I began to be sexually promiscuous. Mm. I began to smoke. I went to excessive parties. Mm. I availed my body and men could take advantage of it freely. I even have exes that follow me, or not even follow me, watch my page this very day, try to like my, my post, and I'm like, uh-uh, please, my guy. <laughs> Don't finish. So the thing is, like, the focus and the consistency. Mm. When all these exes be watching me, I'm just like, I have moved past. Yeah. I used to be, I be the drunkard. I used to be the person that would be partying all the time. When I say I go to the party, I'd be the one breaking down, bending <laughs> over 24-7. Hey, watch me. Hey, you don't see me. Ah. I wanted all the focus on me because yes. I was broken. Mm. The brokenness caused me to expose myself so I can get attention. I bleached my skin. You see how some people in South Africa bleach their skin to be um, a cape colored? Mm. Uh-uh. You don't you want to see Nini before. Hey, yellow skin. Ah, dark skin is no, no fear. Hey. Yeah. Yellow skin everywhere. Yeah. Red hair. What do you mean? I came with my lace front slate. Come on. Green eyes. I even, yo, I even used to put in my... I, I made my nose. I got this thing from eBay. You've heard of eBay or yeah. Amazon. I put these things in my nose to make it more pointy. pointy. I'm like, the, the, the destruction I did to myself, I was blinded wow. by what the world told me. Wow. I'm mixed race. I'm part Ghanaian, part Jamaican, Cuban and Chinese on my mommy's side. Oof. So let me tell you, let me break it down even further for you. My grandpa on my mom's side is Chinese, full-blooded Chinese, from Quanzhou, China. Cuban, my mom's mother, it has Cuban roots from Havana. My mother was born in Jamaica. My dad, Kumasi, Ghana. So, but there's blend of Accra. Mm. But that being said, it fused me. So I was lost my entire life. Yes. The media shows mm-hmm. what mixed race Curly loose hair. Light skin. Light pale skin. Pointy nose. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you don't look like that, you're not mixed. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so to see my image every day was a grueling, a grueling task. I could not stand looking at my own reflection. The mirror would make, when I see myself in the mirror when I was a kid, 
I used to cry myself to sleep. Wow. Hearing bullies tell me that, yo, Nini, girl, you're not so, so big. Girl, you're not, you're not so big. Oh, girl, you're so black. How are you looking like that? I can't even see you. Mixing in with the darkness. My mom would even tell me, oh, girl. We had this new. We got a new couch, right? It was black. They're like, oh, I can barely see you. We need a lighter couch. I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? <laughs> My mom used to say, Nini, pinch your nose so it can be more, you know, <laughs> more streets. I would hear this every day, mm. every day. Of course, it's going to mess with how I saw myself. That's true. And if I'm hearing this in home, and I'm hearing this in school. Who else? I'm going to be a monster. Exactly. I'm a monster. Yeah. I was the meanest person ever. In high school, if you knew me, I'd be lying to you. I'd be rude to you. I would look at you rolling my eyes up and down. Who are you? Ooh. Please, don't talk to me. Ooh. I'd be rude to every man. And I was like, I didn't want to be. I did not want to be that way. Mm-hmm. I just didn't know how to come out of this mediocrity. Yeah. What place in 2014 where God was like, okay, my daughter, you, like, I did again, I'll say, I, you see, even, even this lady right here, she was like, <laughs> I think that's Nicola. Yeah, I was beyond. I was too much. She's in my high school. She's a pest. It's like, you a sassy. <laughs> I was, I was crazy. I was mm. wild, honestly. High school was too much. I, I even did my own hair. I was just like, huh? Yo, don't you can't look at me. What do you mean? Please. <laughs> I was just too much. And the thing is, God didn't speak to me. Well, he's been trying to speak to me. He's been trying to pull me. He's been trying to pull me. But I was just like, no, I'm resistant. Yeah. I would melt myself away drinking vodka 24-7. Mm. 24-7. What took place in 2015 was shook my life. After being in the industry, I got invited to um, an event, a birthday event. I didn't know the girl very well. I'm just like, all right. But I said, you know, I'm going to go to this event. See? <laughs> <laughs> she said, sis, had their attitude. I knew your heart still had a beautiful soul. and had a beautiful voice. Oh, sis, God bless you. What? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> that being said um by the time january happened and this was in my first year of modeling i got invited this man was talking to me i didn't want to talk to men and you know how you get like a i know the the, the industry would say or the world would say intuition mm. in the bible would say discernment yeah so i had an intuition mm-hmm. slash discernment that there was something that was going to take place or happen to me but i didn't know exactly what that was and basically, I was dancing with this guy, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, here, I can get you a drink. I'm like, I don't want to drink. And he's like, no, take a drink, man. I'm like, all right, fine. Like, gosh, all right, cool. We're dancing, we're dancing. And then I'm just like, what's going on? My mom comes because she said she had a dream. She had a dream that I was going to get attacked. She pulled me out. I still had the man's number. The man texted me. He took me to dinner. From taking me to dinner, he said, let's go to my place. I'm going to my place. He ends up raping me. From raping, I got impregnated. From getting impregnated, I now contracted two STDs. Mm. Most people be like, yo, I could have had my baby to like I, I could have had my baby to this very day. But 
in the mind state that I was in at that time, I was broken. Mm. Mental health on zero. Mm. I was not stable. I know God could have at least, well, actually, no, God could have given me the strength to push me through it, but he rather used it as a testimony yes. to encourage other people to right. through a certain situation to let people know that you can always start, you can start off on a new chapter, mm-hmm. that you're not, you are not a victim of your story. Mm-hmm. You are the champion that rises above the ashes That's right. to transcend ego that God has assigned you to be. Mm. So even that, you know, wow, sis, I did not know that. Wow. Wow. What I love about God is that he's non-judgmental. It's true. And he could have looked at me and said, dang, Nina, you were a mess. Why are you fornicating? Why would you let yourself get raped? That would have been the devil's perspective. Mm-hmm. Why'd you, why'd, why are you talking to all these mans? Why are you drinking? Why are you cheating? I cheated on my ex because he cheated on me. And I'm like, what? They're going to please. I'm not going <laughs> to. I was so broken. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm just very transparent. <laughs> no, I can see. No, we love it. <laughs> but that being said I was like there is I want to be able to experience a life that is different from this past Mm -hmm. this darkness so my sister is like come to church I'm like I'll come to church what do you mean I grew up an atheist going to a catholic school for what why am I going to church but you know what's funny before even the news of the awareness of being pregnant and contracting the STDs. I had an angelic accountant. I was in the clinic before getting my blood test and everything. They told me that, well, not even they, an angel appeared into the room. A large angel. He was massive. Man, he took up the entire, like his head proceeded outside beyond the roof itself. And I was sitting here just like this. And I'm watching, and I'm like, is this real? Like, how is it? What's happening right now? And I remember when I looked to my left, I saw a baby mm-hmm. in a golden blanket. And he floated from me into the angel's arms. Wow. Before the doctor even came in, I knew that I was pregnant. That was an indication of that awareness mm-hmm. that I was pregnant. Mm-hmm. And all my life, I didn't understand, but I've always had some sort of gift that has foreseen the future. There was things that would take place in my life that always came to pass. Mm. Whether I'm sleeping, whether I'm awake, I'll get an impression. But the thing is, I didn't know about spirituality and Christ and how to navigate the spirit realm. Mm-hmm. The spirit realm is very deep. And I guess not being able to navigate it, I lost a lot of uh, blessings or things that I could have attained while on the journey. Mm -hmm. But moving forward, I remember just my sister saying, come, I want you to come to this church retreat. I said, you know what? There's nothing to lose. I'm just going to go. It's fine. The first attempt of me going, tell me how the retreat locked down because the building had a water leak. Mm-hmm. So obviously the devil was like, nah, fam, 
not trying to get your your soul saved. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I don't want your soul saved for what? It was a fight between life and death. My entire life, I would have times where I just faint on the ground. All spiritual. I didn't know. It cannot be diagnosed in the natural in doctor terms. I had a fight my entire life. Then I could almost always feeling marks until I got to high school. Why? When you're in a facility where you're being pressured so much in your mind, there's no retention of academics. You're focused on the bullies. It's impossible to learn to the degree that one a person's being bullied. Physical bullying and verbal bullying. Mm. So when I got to go to the retreats, 27, 2015, the first time, remember I was saying that it got closed down. The second time I said, you know what? I'm still, I'm going to still go. They said they're going to relist it and make everyone come again. They don't have to pay again. They just come. They spoke about Jesus Christ. And then for the first time I understood the story. Jesus was whipped, lashed, bruised for our iniquities, our sins. Things that we'd be like, oh no, these aren't sins. Casual things, you know? Even sins like, say, stealing, lying, fornicating. All of these things fall into sin. But the world doesn't want to see it as that way. Mm-hmm. But I saw it that way because I was at my lowest state. And God brought it to my revelation. Or God brought it to my awareness. Not a lot of people, when they're in their highs in life, or when they're getting successful or getting um, getting things in life, they, they, they don't care if they're living in sin or not. Mm-hmm. They're focused on the, 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 the now. Yeah. What about eternal life? So, when they said, they did the altar call, and they were showing how Jesus was getting whipped and bruised. He's such an innocent vessel coming to die for us. I was the fornicator. I was the drunkard. I was the liar. I was the, I was the, the insignificant. Mm-hmm. I was the broken-minded. I was the partier. I was the slander. I was the gossiper. I would talk about everybody because I was so broken. I cheated, cheated people. I was all of those things. Struggled with pornography for a young, long, long time, even when I was a kid. Masturbation, all these things. Why am I open about these things? Because if I'm not open, it doesn't, it allows, if I'm not open, I'm not doing my leadership role. That's right. I'm not, I'm not speaking as a, as a, as a, as a, a vessel to say, hey, if God can change me, he can change you too. Yeah. I, I'm I'm going to be open because other people need to come into the awareness that you're not stuck in the situation. That's right. You're not stuck in that of of drawback. I struggled with all of these things, but I said, God, take it from me, change me, change me. They did an altar call, 2015. I remember Passover weekend. I spoke about Jesus. I was like, wow. The same weekend that Daddy Jesus died, I'm going to be able to have salvation. <laughs> this is amazing. Yes. And I said, okay. I was like, all right, let's do this, Lord. I receive you as my Lord and Savior. I cried. I cried. 
cried, I cried, I cried. I was like, Daddy, Daddy, let's do it. Take me. <laughs> it was the beginning yeah. of a new chapter. Mm. <gasps> what? <gasps> it was an, ex- I can't even explain it. My eyes began to be spiritually open. I was dating somebody. And he was very abusive to me verbally. And I was back, I was abusive to him verbally because we're just living this toxic mess. He didn't want to learn about Christ with me. And I'm like, you know, I had an inclination that God was calling me. He's like, okay, come. And I'll talk about it. I'm like, like, babe, do you think we should like, I want to go to church. And like, he's like, nah, I just believe in God. I'm like, you know, there's three in one joke. Three in one though. It's Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit. He's like, no, I don't believe that. I feel like that's just, I feel like it's fictional. And I'm like, uh-uh, yeah? All right, I'll leave you back there. So when I received, when I received the Lord, I'm like, all right, on this new mission, God, like, the first day after receiving Christ, he's like, get rid of him. Get rid of who? Uh-uh, what are you talking about? Uh-uh, get rid of who? Yeah. Get rid of him. Uh-uh. The man I've been with for four years. Sorry, my phone is nice. I'm gonna bring it closer. The man I've been with for four years. Are you sure? He says, get rid of him. The third time. He doesn't have to say the name. My spirit knew because now I am calibrated to his spirit, the Holy Spirit. The Mm. Holy Spirit is now speaking to me. Your natural spirit, but then the Holy Spirit binds to you. Once you accept the Lord. So now I'm hearing the navigation of the Lord. And he's speaking to me. He says, get rid of him. And I'm like, okay, fine. I mustered up the strength. And I said, okay, I'm going to call him. Because my, my, at the time, he was living in another country. He was a Jamaican, a Jamo. <laughs> so I said, okay. I called him on Skype. And he says, Hey, babe, how you doing? I'm like, ah. well, <laughs> so I said this, I, I didn't know, you know, to say it any better. I'm like, this is not going to work. He's like, he hangs up the phone. <gasps> Never heard him again. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, you know, what's amazing. Uh-huh. That was the best day of my life. Wow. One of the best days of my life mm, mm. why i no longer have to be secret agents mm-hmm. i didn't have to go look through his phone i didn't mm. have to worry about the factor of him cheating mm-hmm. i didn't have to worry about who else that he's talking to i just said you know what god let's do this you're my best friend now god you're my daddy my confidant i don't need to rely on any man mm-hmm. i want to trust you so remember I've told you all the sins that I battled with. Now I had to face them face to face. Yes, we give them to God. But remember, we have a thing called the flesh. Mm-hmm. So the flesh likes to remind you of who you used to be. That's right. So there's many times that the flesh would rise up and be like, hey, Nini, <laughs> take a glass of wine. Take a glass of wine. Come just, just one glass. Just a sip. Just one glass. Uh, the way I, I cancelled it heavy the first couple of months I would just run I'd run from all of these things but after a while the flesh would be like hey remember me? I'd be like oh, what I don't doing? know you <laughs> yo the way 
fell yeah. back into masturbation. Hi! One year. This was a constant thing. But then God's like, read my word. Declare these things over yourself. The first scripture he led me to was, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Psalms mm. 119. Mm-hmm. I want to pull up that scripture right now just so I can go into depth of what he used to break down for me. And, hey, sh- computer, do not, please, nonsense, <laughs> come. Yeah, so I'm going to read from the NIV version. <sighs> Psalms 139, 13 says, For you are created in my, cre- you created my inmost being. When I thought about that, I'm like, okay, inmost being? Like, so I was thought about when you made me. Okay. So I'm not just a random appearance mm-hmm. on earth, okay? Mm-hmm. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I was like, wait. So all that time, my mom was with my dad. Mind you, let me me give you a little clarification. My dad and my mom met at a party, okay? (laughs) My three other sisters are one dad. I'm the one that just was a flame. Okay? (laughs) So I always was told that, you know, you know, your dad was cute. I was like, yeah. You know, they took away my three babies from children's aid. So I'm like, I'm going to go out and party. I'm like, wait, what? So I was conceived through a party? Are you serious? Uh-uh. So always living with that burden. Yeah. But when the Bible says, you knit me together in my mother's womb. Mm-hmm. So even though that circumstance took place, I was never a mistake. That's right. I was intentional. Yeah. See, the thing about God is that he's always intentional with all that he does. All he needs is two vessels when it comes for procreation. He likes to bless people. The biggest blessing can actually come from these these madness. These madness of infidelity, having random sex. I'm not saying that sin is a prompting towards success, but God uses sin for his glory when people yield themselves mm-hmm. as vessels to change. So, yes, even if you think about it, how was Mary... Mary conceived Jesus, right? People were slandering Mary and saying, oh, you had sex with somebody else. No. Mary was supernaturally conceived with Jesus in her womb. She was a yielded vessel to bring forth the biggest blessing to mankind. So in that same manner, when my parents were doing their thing, all God needed was, okay, you see you too? I'm going to bring forth your blessing, regardless if you see the blessing or not. That's right. I'm bringing forth this child mm-hmm. to bless somebody on earth. And my hardships are just a testimony to encourage and to bring awareness that I am just like everybody else. But it shows an indication that we can be used for God's glory, mm. regardless of where we began in our lives. Mm if we choose to yield ourselves to his spirit. So, when God led me to, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made and marvelous are your works, and I know that full well, my frame was not hidden from you. God knew my bones, my my infrastructure. He knew my creative giftings. He knew that I was going to be beautiful. He knew that even though if I was blind to it, he knows 
that's the same that, that goes for everybody here, every royal on the line that is listening. He knew that you are beautiful. He knew your purpose. He knew your will before you even came into existence. That's right. So yes. even when people tell you, oh, you can't do something, God says, yes, you can. When the world tells you, you are ugly, God says, no, you were made fearfully and wonderfully made. You're amazing. You're beautiful. You're handsome. So anytime there's any form of discriminatory that comes from the opposition of humanity, because Satan likes to use people, even if it's your close friend, he will use vessels to make you feel very low. Mm-hmm. Hence why my tribulations that I experienced in school. He used the children to make me feel insignificant to try to abort my destiny. And what was my destiny? A part of my destiny is to become a supermodel. When that was fulfilled, the enemy was pissed off. He's like, no, she should not have gotten to that place. However, that is not even the fulfillment of destiny. These are just things, platforms that God uses to expound on his message Mm -hmm. and his truth. So instead of living in a place of timidity, I said, I'm going to give myself over to God's spirit and be yielded to his will. I am not perfect, but I can testify that God has transformed my life. Mm -hmm. He shut down my desire to smoke after five years. He shut down my desire to masturbate and watch pornography and all these things, 100%. He shut down even the, the genome I can even I can even be 100% transparent. I used to suffer with homosexuality. And why? Because as a kid, I was introduced to a video that was pornographic. Women and women interaction. This caused a seed. All the enemy needs is a seed mm-hmm. to tell you that you're not enough. All you have to do is believe in that and then you can sabotage your destiny. So I chose to no longer live by systemic society standards and to move forward towards my destiny wow um everyone who's listening that is just your testimony is there's just so much there's so much that has come out of the few minutes that you've been speaking for and one thing that stands out for me is that your current situation does not define your final destination and so if there's anyone listening who is going through a really dark patch or who has been feeling like they're not good enough or who has been feeling like, you know, all of these people keep telling them things that they don't believe about themselves. You are beautifully and wonderfully made and you can achieve your greatest destiny. Thank you so much for the transparency, Nini. I think from listening to what everyone is saying, it's just, it's amazing to be able to hear a testimony. I mean, for people, before they go and read the word, hearing a testimony is like living, breathing the word in itself. And so that's just, that's just amazing. Being a model, though, um, being a model, being in the entertainment industry, because there are quite a few people here who are interested in getting into entertainment. How did you manage to keep your Christian values while still being a model, which can be seen as a very, um, yeah, (laughs) a very shaky career in terms of when it comes to being promiscuous and showing your body and all of that, and, and even the media industry as a whole. So how did you manage to be able to Hold on to both of those. So that's that's a very fair statement and uh, question. It's a conscious effort. Mm-hmm. Everything that I do and every opportunity that I get is a conscious and intentional effort. I don't just walk into a fashion show or a casting call 
without me recalibrating my mind in the morning. And even when I, before I came onto this call, I had to talk to God because if I don't have God equipping me, remember, we're just vessels, right? Mm -hmm. So he uses, he uses earthen vessels to shine his glory. So when you communicate with God and you affirm the truths of who you are, tell yourself, you know, you're beautiful. Tell yourself you are worthy. Tell yourself you are amazing. These are affirmations. Affirmations are, are words spoken to thyself, yeah. to yourself. So ministry or ministration is when you're ministering to the people. And these are some things or terms that people don't even recognize or are aware of. Ministration is for the people. Affirmations for yourself. So daily I wake up and I let myself know these are the truths about who God says I am. Identifying those truths allows my mind to recalibrate to the presence and towards the ordinances that God has prepared me for. So I don't revert back into the old mindset because the flesh will always be permitted as long as we live on earth. The flesh will always remember the old. The flesh will always remember the past. Our minds remembers everything. So it's important for us to subdue the flesh daily. Mm -hmm. So I read the word. When I go to casting calls, or if I get um, propositions for, okay, for instance, Nini, we'd love for you to do a bikini or a lingerie shoot. Are you available? I speak to God about it first. And God says, I do not want you to dishonor the body. And he'll go further. How does it, how do men look at you when you are in lingerie? I'm like, okay. You know, they get like turned on, all sorts of stuff. And exactly. And you'll say, so do you want men to look at you in that way and have struggles with masturbation? You want them to masturbate over your image? Do you want them to fornicate over your image? And then um, I'll be processing it further. I'm like, you know, this is even something that I struggled with, mind you. Homosexuality is a lust, is an expansion of lust, is a sector of lust. So, break it down even further. If you present, I'll put it into female terms. If a woman is presented in front of another woman and they're depicted in a lustful manner, their eyes are going to cleave onto that image and say, oh, the mind starts to drift. They begin to imagine acts and all sorts of things. Why allow myself to be used in that way to make somebody fall? In the beginning when I started, I used to do lingerie because I didn't do a conscious effort of the awareness of how other people are struggling and going through their things. If I knew that that was a struggle for me, why would I want to put a struggle to somebody else? People love the lust of the eye, social media. Why do you think we compare ourselves with each other all the time on social media? The lust of the eyes, our eye gates, our ear gates, what we hear, what we see, determines how we act, what we let in. So if our internal eyes and spirit is tainted by what we see daily, imagine what will take place if we're only watching people who are in thongs, in lingerie, and dressed a certain way. 
So I choose to intentionally choose roles and take casting calls that don't dishonor the body. It's fine when you have a husband and you wear lingerie. But if you, everybody else is seeing you in that way, where's the respect factor? Mm. Nowadays, most people are naked on Instagram. Their booties are out. They, they use the excuse of, I feel confident, I feel bold, I want the world to know. Uh, 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 uh. This is a misleading lie. It took the media to change the way we see ourselves and use our naked bodies to say that this is how we're confident. You can be confident being naked in your own shower. You don't have to let the world see your beautiful temper, mm. temple. Your temple is a precious garment that is used for your husband, not anybody else. Mm. I'm not going to say that there are times where I have not made mistakes. Even recently in South Africa, I was manipulated into showing my nyash. Okay, maybe nyash. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> my boot, my bum. I'm a little, my little patootie, okay? <laughs> the photographer said, take off your panty. Take off your, your take it off, take it off. I'm like, uh-uh, uh, please. This was never briefed in my chin. Uh-uh, take off what? Hey. He said, take it off. Forcing me. I even went to, um, what's that TV station? ETV to mm-hmm. tell, the, tell the people this was a forced debauchery to expose my body in a way that I was not doing the, all the years while being in the industry. And this was for Glam, or not Glam, uh, Men's Health Magazine. Mm. I am not going to let this story rest. When I am, when my, when my platform expounds even further, because I know I'm going to be a multi-billionaire. And when I have the finances to expose the truth, ha, this is not going to rest. Expose them. There's too many... <laughs> There's too many models that get taken advantage of on a yeah. day-to-day basis. South Africa was my first experience that it took, was taken to that extent where they even had me write a letter to apologize to the, the, the photographer for what he said. He bullied my agency. My agency said, the, a gun was never held to your head. He never forced you. What are you talking about? Nonsense. What, what do you think verbal abuse is? What do you think verbal abuse is? I went to ETV. They still haven't put my the video out yet. So, I don't know if you guys know ETV, but I, <laughs> I, I, I would love for you to message them and say, put Nini's interview on TV to expose the truth. Mm-hmm. Write as much emails because this is wrong and unjust. Yeah. Models need to know their place. Mm-hmm. The mistake that I made was not coming off a set. But I felt the guilt, years, guilt right after the, the shoot. I'm like, uh-uh, this is not good. I asked God for forgiveness. He forgave me. But now he says, what are you going to do with it? So what I tell every model or aspiring models is know your worth before going to the industry. Mm. Know who you are. Have a beginning relationship with Christ if you don't know Christ. And let his navigation and his spirit lead you. Mm-hmm. 
because it's not an easy industry to be in. Mm-hmm. Why do you think so many people sell their souls while being in the industry? Mm-hmm. They sell themselves for money, fame, for temporal fulfillment. And it's not even fulfilling. You feel empty inside. Yeah. There's a lot of debauchery that takes place in the entertainment industry. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, no, thank you for that. Um, one thing that stood out for me is when you spoke of intentionality. And I think that goes across all industries. I mean, as a voiceover artist, I've been, I had this one recording which had a swear word in it and I refused to do it. And the thing is, there's other jobs for, you know, there's going to be a lot more jobs that don't require me to swear. There's going to be a lot more jobs that don't require you to take off your clothes. So at all points, we need to be intentional and we need to stand firm on our beliefs, regardless of whatever your beliefs are. And like you said, almost cautious and, and, you know, protect ourselves because even when you go into the business industry, there's corruption there. Even if you go into the whichever industry you go into, there's always going to be some bad or something that's about to influence you, you know? So it's so important that like you said, know your self-worth before you even get into it or else you'll allow other things to define you. So pearls of wisdom are flying today. Um, a few more, just a few more questions before we do end this off. I know that you are the CEO of We Are Royals. And so the people who are watching wanted to know, first of all, what is We Are Royals? How can they become involved with real We Are Royals? Because at the end of the day, we all need to carry ourselves with a with a you know, with some royalty, with some je ne sais, je ne sais quoi, you know? So tell us about that. Uh, yes. <laughs> Yeah, so We Are Royals is a platform that uses the ability of creativity. And you know creativity is well-rounded. You can be model, performer, singer, mm-hmm. dancer, a film director, any form of creativity to be able to tell your story. It develops the self-esteem. It develops confidence because when you think about it, all forms of creativity forces you outside of your comfort zone. It allows you to explore. So currently we are looking for people who are interested in sharing their story through their favorite creative elements, mm-hmm. submitting to us. We post your video. There's an option where you can enter into a contest. You get some goodie pa- prize packs and the eligibility to get a one-time offer of a free class mm. to train your expertise or interest. And then from there, you can get a certification once completed, which is government sealed and approved because mm-hmm. we are government affiliated. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's a, it's a place to be creatively expressive and fun, see more about you, your potential and who you are. Because ultimately when you think about it, fashion was my platform to express, to explore and to tap outside my comfort zone. Mm-hmm. God used that as a place to heal me Fashion people, people be like, oh, how you, how you being a Christian in, in fashion? Fashion was the place that God actually made fashion. What do you mean? He made the Garden of Eden. He That's made right. people. Mm-hmm. He's creative. Mm-hmm. He's the master of creativity. So he uses everything. So in that same understanding, We Are Royals gives that platform for these amazing young youths to see and share their voice through their favorite artistic art form mm. and you can contact us at we are royals dot inc on instagram or email contact at we are royals dot org 
Yes, and it's so often that we as young people, we have these gifts, we have these abilities, we have these dreams, but we don't know how to bring it to fruition. And that's where we all, we all, <laughs> oh, English, Shen. that is where we are royal steps in. And so everyone who's listening, if you are interested, please definitely go for that. Follow Nini, go to the We Are Royals page, slide into her DM and do the things that need to be done. One thing that we've been learning from all of these lives so far is that before people get to where they are, which is like Nini right now, who's a top model and she's achieved so much, they all had to try. They all had to take that leap of faith when it seemed like it didn't make sense. Like Nini said, she didn't even know that she was beautiful. She had heard so much of these other things, but she had to try. And so if there's one thing that I'm learning and if there's one thing that I keep hearing over and over again you need to take that step of faith. Even if it means you get no response from 40 emails. I also sent out 40 emails. I got one response. But 39 were no. Send them. Try. Because you will never know. You will keep sitting on your destiny until you try. So Nini, do you have any last words that you want to give the youth as they go out into the world and as they practice this royal priesthood with them? Yes. Don't let the world define you. The world has no influence, no power of who you become. God has the final say. You are designed for greatness Mm -hmm. and continue to walk with purpose and rise to your destiny. Yes. uh, Thank you so much for joining us, Nini. Um, This has been absolutely incredible. I'm going to keep this live on for, I think, just two more minutes because I do see that it's running a little bit late. So people will probably only see this later. But when you are ready, you can... Thank you so much for being here. And yeah, no, I look forward. I look forward to seeing you as a multi-billionaire. Oh, girl, I claim that. Come on. One one multi-billionaire. I got to serve the people. Come on. The finances. How am I going to serve y'all? Come on. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Thank you, guys. Wow, everyone's so beautiful. Mm. (laughs) You've been amazing. Thank you so much for having me on your show. All right, guys. So that was our second episode of I Know, You Know, We Know. With your girl, Alma Acob, a.k.a. A Voice We Reckoned With. Wow. Wow. No, this is one of those talks where I'm going to have to go back and listen to it with a notebook and a pen because, yeah. Listen, you guys came to learn about fashion. You learned about Jesus. (laughs) He was speaking right into our souls. And so I hope that you heard. I hope that you guys learned something. I hope that from today moving forward, you are transformed. I hope that you can step into your destiny. I hope that you can realize that you are beautifully and wonderfully made, guys. And these little humans that you see walking around won't define you. You define yourself. So live, love, life. I think that's a hashtag. I'm trying to think of a hashtag to round this up. So let's go with um strive for individuality and not conformity guys your individuality is what makes you you and what makes you stand out and what makes you necessary in this world be you